It all started with the snap. Should have gone for the head. Two days. Two. One drunk text later, you get the Nerd Not a Nations podcast. With me, as always, is my delightfully nerdy best friend, my favorite bearded badass from the Midwestern United States, Jared Boots. I cannot do this alone. I need my best friend, my partner, Nerdy Crime. The queen of podcasting pipe bombs from the great white north of Canada, Miss Melissa Nicholson. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. This audio is made with Audio Toolkit for Windows Store, downloaded for free now. Hello, nerds and nerdettes, junior ambassadors of all ages, and welcome to the fourth anniversary of the Nerd Data Nations podcast. Can you believe it? Four years ago, eh, within the last week, uh, Melissa and I started this little show, and here we are. We Life has gotten in the way, but we still kept chugging along. Uh, I am your ambassador to... The Ozark Mountains, Jared Boots, and I cannot celebrate this anniversary alone. I need the person that made this all possible, my co-host, the Canadian queen of podcasting pipe bombs, Miss Melissa Nicholson. Melissa, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Four years. How the hell has it been four years? Time flies when you're having fun. This is true. Even though we went about, what, four months without recording? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, Somebody you know. had to get promoted. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me, I'm traveling all over the country. <laughs> but, uh, Melissa, <laughs> <laughs> how you been? good actually yeah that's good i'm hanging in there i'm sweating my ass off down here this heat it's hella fucking hot down here in arkansas (laughs) this time of year yeah it's been yeah it's been pretty warm up here too i'm counting down the days until flannels and hoodies (laughs) And pumpkin spice. <laughs> we actually had one day up here where it was actually chilly, and I did my like flannel and leggings, and it was actually wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's been averaging in the 80s to 90s the last few weeks down here in Arkansas. And one week and I went home, it got down to the 50s at night, and it felt awesome. Oh, I bet. Yeah, we're looking at 100 this week for a high. 103, I believe. But enough about the weather. Yeah. We got a, spe- a quote-unquote special treat for everybody tonight. It's a commentary episode, which means six people will download this episode. 
our commentaries don't always do the best when it comes to numbers. <laughs> but this one, this one, I think needed to happen though because it's the the movie that basically started it all. Yeah, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this movie. Exactly. So, would you say that these last four years have gone by in a snap? <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I hope this podcast goes on for infinity years. I hope there's, you know, we, we don't have a, a war about it or anything. Yeah. I just sit back and look at all we've, I've, I look back at all we've accomplished in absolute marvel. Your turn. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, I, I think you, you won that one. (laughs) I am reference man. You are. <laughs> you're, you're, you're better at it than I am. Should have gone for the head, Melissa. <laughs> well, in case you haven't picked up the clues by now, I think now I just went down to five downloads. <laughs> we are doing a commentary track on the movie that started this little show. We are doing commentary track to Avengers Infinity War. Of course, we will have the sound off because we did not own the rights to this, and we all know Mickey loves his money, so we are going to keep the sound off throughout this whole commentary track. But Melissa and I are going to try to entertain you for two hours, 34 minutes, and three seconds. Not that I'm counting. Or that I'm reading the status bar on my Disney Plus on my phone. So, if you want to listen along, Melissa and I are watching on Disney+. Plus. We have our timers, uh, what would you call that, a scroll? Yeah. I got zeros across the board. Melissa, you do too? I sure do. Okay, since this is a long-ass movie. Oh, also, we got adult beverages tonight because cheers to four years. Melissa, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> uh, I didn't grab a beverage. I failed miserably. Sucks to suck. <laughs> All right. So uh, I think we're going to cut down three, two, one, then press play, and off we go. Is yep. everybody ready? I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one, play. And we're off. Finally. Well, I went into this blind, so I'll forewarn you guys right now. I have not seen this movie since it came out in 2016, 2017. Yeah, something like that. I, that's the last time I saw it. This was phase three for Marvel. What phase are we in now? Five? Probably. I I have stopped counting. There's lots of phases. <laughs> Too many. But they keep going. 
I think I vaguely remember how this film started because I remember being in the theater and getting looked at weird because I laughed my ass off at Thanos beating the shit out of Hulk. What have we got here? I'm guessing Thanos just laid waste to something. Yeah, yeah. You guys don't even like this movie. Why are you doing a commentary? You guys haven't watched it in six years. Oh, snap. That's, uh, what's his name? Uh, fuck, what are these characters' names? I know they had some cool ass names. Yeah. Well, there's Loki. I know that one. Okay. Everybody's favorite villain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Apparently not on ours, though, because neither one of us stayed picked him. Nope. <laughs> but then we also wanted to go with not your usual picks, so. Yeah, how many people, how many people are going to pick uh, Ego? Is crapped on as Guardians Volume 2 was. Exactly. Oh. Oh, it must have been Asgard. He just laid waste too. Yeah. You know, I thought he had more. Uh... I thought he had more stones at this point in the movie. Yeah. Well, I thought basically, just, uh, basically him just starting out. At this point, I had not seen... Uh, Thor Ragnarok, so I was lost as to why Thor was missing an eye when I saw this in theaters. I feel like I may have seen... Because I, I think this... I can't remember if I saw Thor Ragnarok before you did, or if... I can't remember how I but... I think I may have seen that before this month. Yeah, I didn't see Thor Ragnarok until last year before I went and saw Thor Love the Thunder. Mm. Oh, that's right. You were you were very late to seeing that movie. So yeah, I probably would have seen it then. Yeah, it's just well, we all get around to it. I'll get around to it. Oh shit, there's a fourth Thor movie coming out. I better watch the third one. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, when was one of the first times we saw um, Thanos? Was it? Yeah, this is the part I remember. I remember uh, Hulk getting the shit kicked out of him by Thanos. <laughs> and just that one of two times in this in the theater during this movie, I laughed my ass off at inappropriate times and got looked at funny. It's funny. Or 
right now it says Tom Hiddleston looking at a green screen. <laughs> Watching tennis balls fight each other. Like I'm sure it's you know it's the, it's the process of making a movie with all you know obviously CGI and all that kind of stuff, but it's just it's gotta be I don't know like oh like this is the movie oh look at those tennis balls fight each other <laughs> kind of thing right like it's just I guess you got to have just that really good imagination or just have, like, kind of an image in your mind when you're doing that. Then it's just, you know. Yeah, but before, uh, before Hulk showed up, I was thinking, when was the first time we saw Thanos? Was it, um, was it the first Avengers film during a post credit scene, or was it I remember he's in Guardians 1. I think it, it was... He's talking to Ronan. Yeah, but I think it was Avengers. Is when we first see him. And then we don't see him until uh, later. Was that the fine, I'll do it myself post credit scene where he grabs the gauntlet? Yeah. I just remember that his appearance changed from like his first appearance up until now. And then he had two. Yeah. Now it's been often discussed about Thanos. I know. I think they talk about it in real fans. I have never read the Infinity War story arc, but um, honestly, I think we're a little biased. Dark side versus Thanos. Who wins? Dark side. Dark side. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like they they watered down Thanos so much in this. Yeah, because I'm assuming, like, I guess, like, he's obviously in the like the Infinity War, like the story arc, the comics, and I'm assuming he would be a little more, like, a little more of a villain, I guess, in that than what we see here. Well, if I remember correctly, um, I believe as Jimmy Drury said that Thanos has an obsession with death. Um, but that's okay. I really I look up these names. So, Chorus Glaive, Proxima Midnight, Cole Obsidian, and Ebony Maw. I I had a feeling Midnight was one of them. The four characters with Thanos. I remember seeing their Funkos everywhere. But, um, yeah, it seems like uh, fans have been really watered down in the Marvel Universe, but I think they had to make it for the more modern viewers, so I guess you just give him this uh, quest to find all the Infinity Stones. 
But it really makes me wonder now with uh, with Kang the Conqueror supposed to be the next big bad in the universe. I wonder what direction they're going to go in now. Yeah. Especially with the legal trouble that uh, Jonathan Powers got into. No. Um, the actor that plays uh, plays him. What's his name? Well, perks of being in a hotel is I can actually use internet at the same time. Jonathan Majors. Ah, uh, yeah. So, the legal trouble he's in, I don't know if they're going to keep him keep him as Kang or not, because I think Kang is pretty tied deeply into the MCU at this point, between being in Quantumania and then in Loki. We shall see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm thinking probably not, but I don't know. It's not my decision to, to make, so. Well, I haven't really followed what all happened. Like, yeah. I've heard just mixed reports about what happened there, so. Yeah, I, I haven't really I haven't followed it really much at all, except for briefly, but that's that's really about it. Anyway. One of the greatest characters of MCU right here. <laughs> Love me some Doctor Strange. Me too. And I also, I mean, you know, I love me some Doctor Strange, and I also love me some Benedict Cumberbatch, so... <laughs> it's a win-win. <laughs> Dang, that's a lot of sequence. The man that kicked us all off. So, are they going to Ironheart now in the MCU? I thought she's been teased. Uh, or unless there was a show that was flat out MCU for uh, Ironheart. Maybe I don't know. I haven't really. Really kept up with with much of the things, so I'm not sure. What almost makes me wonder with the lack of better term, lack of success that the last handful of Marvel films have had, that you think they'll be backing up a Brinks truck to Robert Downey Jr. and, uh, shit, what's his name? Captain America. Chris Evans is doors. Yeah. And like yeah. Some, of, some of the ones that have come out recently haven't been bad. 
Spoiler alert for this to, to this January. Uh, so far, my number one film this year is uh, Guardians Three. Mm-hmm. Hey man, the Wasp was okay. Yeah. It just seemed all well, COVID might have had an effect on it too. The Big Bang Theory caused the Fanny Stones, huh? It's a bold strategy, Cotton. But all the creationists got pissed. I'm watching this, and all I can say is we need to even get a Doctor Strange 3. You know what this what makes this one more watchable than Endgame? I can at least look at Mark Ruffalo and not have to look at a smart Hulk the whole time. I definitely like this one is just I don't know, it, it's just so much better than than Endgame. I don't know, it's just I really think they just they dropped the ball with uh, Endgame. Yeah. I don't know. And then, I mean, like, I mean, I can't even say I, I mean, maybe had too high expectations of it, but it it really could have been just better, and it just didn't really deliver that. Well, I would say the best thing about the, film, the best thing about Endgame, which I, I praise them on this, is that they kept uh, Iron Man dying a secret. Yeah. But like the biggest thing with the other on the other side though is like they announced Chris, Chris Evans was this was his last film in the MCU. So. Yeah. But then they. Oh, I, they gave him the happy ending instead of killing him off, which was cool, but like. But that also just. Oh, it ticked me off because it's just. He's not. You're, you're only supposed to do one thing, and then he goes off and does his own thing. And it was like, dude, that's not the point. I mean, I get fine, whatever. You wanted to give him a happy ending, but. Oh, damn it. Do you have to go all wibbly wobbly timey wimey? <laughs> <laughs> Let's wait for a Doctor Strange reference. <laughs> Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, Doctor Who, sorry. The show's been out 65 years, and they got no, know it by now. <laughs> what about the program? Jeez. 
Well, <laughs> I uh, kind of off topic here, but we got two and a half hours to kill. Um, I started re-listening to the Harry Potter audiobooks again because I spent a lot of time at the airport and I spent a lot of time hiking. So I've been back in the audio, Harry Potter audiobooks and I'm back to Gobble to Fire. So all I can imagine is what's his nuts? Lick, David Tennant just licking his lips. Acting like the fucking Joker. I just still yep. think about how that that's that was the worst movie out of all of them. Good book, bad movie, because they left so much out of it. Yeah, I know. I honestly, I'm I'm one of the odd ones. I like the movie and the book. Well, the, I would say the movie's okay, but they just leave so much. I think of all eight movies, that one gets the has the most left out of it. Yeah. At least stuff that's detrimental to the plot of the book. Like entire characters are not in Goblet of Fire, the film. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. We're not talking about Harry Potter today. Uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Boy. That was probably... Um, I mean, it's... it's kind of getting ahead of ourselves here but uh and it's hardly spoilery but you know i i was probably the only one who actually you know cheered when he turned to dust i did too obviously you, you got ahead of me that's supposed to say that's the second time i laughed inappropriately at the movie theater <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you I took my youngest brother, my sister, and one of her friends. Now I know why my sister and her friends didn't sit with me and my brother. <laughs> no crap on Spider-Man 3, all you want, by Ted, by Sam Raimi, but at least his Spider-Man actually had the web-shooting ability. Wasn't an attachment. This is chattering down here to speak for you. <laughs> you ever want to get in the head of a in the head of a villain? In times like those, when the when the hero's just being like a sarcastic prick to you, that'd be one of those guys. Like, listen, asshole, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stop wasting my time. Give me what I want. I will fucking kill you. Give me what you want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That goes for DC side too. Yeah. 
It makes me think of uh, that moment in Deadpool 1, the first Deadpool, where Ajax is about ready to die. He just sits there rolling his eyes when... Um, how am I so bad with names today? Um, Colossus is just rambling on incoherently about what it takes to be a hero. It almost, it, it really makes, um, I mean, like, you know, like the Incredibles when Mr. Incredible and, and Frozone are chatting and talking about villains and, and then they're like, and he started monologuing <laughs> about how he would, you know, defeat me and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> <laughs> I I I just want to bring it back to Harry Potter right now. <laughs> if you remember back to our episode, my uh, part one, when we talked about the Cobble of Fire and <laughs> Voldemort coming back to life, and he just monologues in the cemetery for like two chapters straight. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I will I will die on this hill. The best um, film to ever in, to tackle the uh, villain hero like verbal showdown has to be the first Shazam movie. Yeah. When they're all the way across away from each other, <laughs> Doctor Savannah's just monologuing, and um, Shazam's like, "What?" <laughs> See, this guy is this. I think this is Proxima Midnight. This is not one guy I want to be a fucking smartass to. He's out there jediing this shit. And I'm gonna stand there and be a smartass and say Earth is closed. It's hard. It's hardly the moment to be a, a cocky smartass. Yeah, you don't know what these guys are fucking capable of. Like, the fuck, his other guy was, like, 12 feet fucking tall. Exactly. You think they're going to turn around and go, well, I guess he showed me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Thanos, Earth was closed. <laughs> 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 it's like in uh, the first Space Jam movie, you know, the good one. Um where Danny DeVito's villain is talking to the little blue a- the little aliens and the when he tells them to bring him the Looney Tunes and the little blue alien goes, just noticing, sir, they're from Earth. What if they can't come? Sorry, Thanos, they said Earth was closed today. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The Avengers will return. <laughs> <laughs> when Earth is open. <laughs> Thank God for Wong and Doctor Strange. Right. You don't need two hands to be a bad guy. Uh, one. Worked for Captain Hook. 
Yep. Do you love that though? The like there it being like that ability to like essentially you know create a portal and like go through it and you're in you're somewhere else. Well, he's got to be one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel universe that they've established so far. Yeah. Him and Wong both. Absolutely. And I'd say Shang Chi ranks up there. Yep. And sorry to say I don't hear your guy, but like Tony Stark, he's like towards the bottom. Like, yeah, he's one of the richest heroes of all time. And that's about They're it. Very he's intelligent, but one of my favorite things about I didn't like Civil War either, but one of my favorite things about Civil War is they call out like he can't fight. You get him out of no. his suit, he cannot fight. Which is why every time I had that debate with friends and coworkers and customers, like who went in a fight, uh, Iron Man or Batman with no suits, I go, the answer is easily Batman. Was he gonna was Batman gonna walk up to fight him and Tony Stark's gonna say, Sorry, New York's closed today. In my face. <laughs> But I think of all the character portrayals in the MCU, they'll start. Uh, Donnie Jr. was probably the best for, for Stark, though. So weren't they thinking of Tom Cruise at one point? It just would have been weird. I think they, you know, they definitely cast well for these characters. Like, you, you can't really see anybody else playing them. Like, it would just be odd. And it's like, who are they going to cast for the new Wolverine? Who's going to be the new Iron Man? Who's going to be the new Captain America? Well, they already got a new Captain America with the Falcon going off the comics. But um, say if they wanted to go back to uh, Steve Rogers, who are they going to go with? Yeah. Uh, that's some huge shoes to fill. Absolutely. And, I mean, they've, been, like, and they've been guessing for years who the new Wolverine might be. Best characters in the whole MCU right here. Oh, agreed. This is uh, one of my favorite groups, too. Uh, mopey Teenage Groot. Yeah. Groot. <laughs> I'm going to be so sad. These characters aren't continuing anymore, though. This has been my favorite trilogy. Is the Guardians trilogy? Absolutely, mine too. So much fun. I agree.
total deal. <laughs> Who's been your favorite iteration of Groot? First, I'd say they had to say it's Baby Groot from Volume Two. Yeah, I like. I was gonna say that Baby Groot, Volume Two, just so cute and you know, learning and a little bit clueless and angry, you know, like, <laughs> angry and just yeah. That's my my favorite. I do love Teenage Groot, though. Teenage Groot's <laughs> great, but Baby Groot, absolutely. I'd say Baby Groot and then the Groot we got in Volume 1. Yeah. Is this where we get uh, Drax's ability to stand still <laughs> and become invisible? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pirate baby with an I think this is probably one of the biggest misses of Guardians 3 or Thor Love and Thunders. We didn't get more of the Asgardians of the galaxy. So I think one of my favorite things about Endgame was that little back and forth between Star-Lord and Thor at the end of uh, Endgame. Wow, he is a much he is a much taller than uh, Gamora. Here we go, the whole triangle between Thor and Quill and Gamora is one of my favorite things about these movies. I think Pratt and Hemsworth bounce really well off each other for the comedic humor. They do. Comedic humor, what the fuck am I talking about? As opposed to non-comedic humor. You know, they really, they're, like, their chemistry and, like, it just, it works really well. It's like... <laughs> Quilly, you make your face deeper. <laughs> I think uh, one of my favorite things for Chris Hemsworth outside of Thor is uh, it's 
2016 Ghostbusters. And I think it showed that he has real comedic chops. That showed he had real comedic chops because he played a total moron. So I kind of like seeing a little more humor in in Thor because Chris Hemsworth just pulls those humor so well. Xandar, is that where Ragnarok took place? I'm blanking on that one. All words are made up. Because he's more guardians in our life. I can't remember. Does uh, Scarlet Witch have an accent in this movie? <laughs> Don't worry. She might. She changes her accent like some people change their socks. We decide if she wants an accent or not. Pick one. King down. <laughs> Remember, that's like the one thing that got me frustrated watching uh, WandaVision. Like, one episode she had next, and the next episode she didn't. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I mean, I lost track six films ago, which time you stopped, when you stopped using your accent, but. Yeah. 
Were these two on opposite teams during Civil War? They were. I will give Elizabeth Olsen this. I think she has uh, surpassed the fame of her twin sisters, though. Certainly has. Which I think is good. Like, I think that's good for her, because you know, she's not so much in the background, yeah. right? Like, you know, in the shadow of her sister's fame. So she's usually the more talented one. Absolutely. Gonna feel that tomorrow. So I've always wondered, always talk about collateral damage in superhero films. So does the the bill go to Tony Stark every time now since he outed himself in the first movie? Even in instances like this, or do we use this as an instance of uh, liability insurance? She had to think in a world where superheroes are really existed, I think insurance companies would get rid of liability insurance. Right. Or jack up the prices on it. Like, oh, you live in New York? Uh, that's going to be about $6,000 a month. <laughs> at, least in at least in Gotham City, uh, Bruce Wayne will anonymously donate a shit ton of money to a building that got destroyed or something. Which really think people would pick, put the pieces together for that at that point. Like, I always wondered, ever since the first Iron Man, does Tony Stark just pay the bill for all these buildings that get destroyed, all this collateral damage? I'm sure he does. He's not the one that's got, he's the one that's got the money, so. Well, he also outed himself, so it's. Yeah. Oh, Tony Stark, Iron Man. Okay. Hey, you little bit of the city, dude. Yeah. And even the henchmen are strong for Thanos. would like to see Thanos and his crew go up against uh, the new gods. We do know Seven Wolf can get his ass kicked up and down every which way and up. <laughs> but we didn't get to see uh, Desaad or Granny Goodness do what they can do, or Darkseid himself. Just keep racking up that bill for Stark.
Or does it get diplomatic immunity if they get stuff gets damaged in other countries? Like I'm sure you didn't have to pay for anything in was it Sokovia? Yeah. I wonder if that's like a diplomatic immunity thing. Maybe. What is your honest opinion on superhero movies like this, or like, for say, Batman, where sometimes the actor spends so much time out of costume? For example, yeah, you're paying the money for Tony Stark, or I mean, for Downey Jr. or Chris Evans, but how do you feel about the movies like spending so much time without the mask on? I like I can I can understand like they you know they're not always you know like in their suit or whatever like they still have sort of outside of that but I still think it's like okay are you especially like Iron Man Tony Stark Robert Downey Jr. like are you really you know, Iron Man, yeah, you've created all your suits and all your whatever, but, like, you don't seem to be wearing the suit a lot, right? Like, it's just... You're just... Right now, you're just a smart-ass billionaire. That's all that you are, you know? Yeah, I, I, paid, I paid my money to see a Captain America movie, not a Steve Rogers movie. Oh, exactly. It, it's not... It really isn't that big of a deal for me, but I do wish they would have, you know, like, have them be who they are, like, be the hero that they are, be Captain America, be Iron Man, you know, be in the suit, do do what you do, not just, oh, I'm just gonna be casual and, okay, I'm just, I'm not Captain America anymore for a little bit or whatever, you know, like, it's just, yeah. I think we're noticing a lot more, at least, like, in D.C., uh, the last couple films, we've gotten a lot more Batman than Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Especially uh, yeah. Matt Reeves' Batman. We got a lot of uh, lot of Robert Pattinson in the suit. Yeah, we really did. What was I think it was? I think it was Batman on Batman. They're talking about Dark Knight Rises. He. Don't see Batman doesn't show up till thirty minutes into the movie. You see Bruce Wayne a lot, but Batman doesn't show up till like half hour, thirty five minutes into a two hour long movie. Dark Knight Rises half an hour later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a Batman movie. Yeah. Oh, there he is. we should rename it to Bruce Wayne Rises. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've also noticed that like, 
don't see Chris Pratt in the Star Lord mask very much either. No. I mean, I get like they they usually would have him like he's wearing like he's in space or he's wherever and he needs the mask. Like I sort of understand that because he kind of you know generally like in the movies that like, he generally doesn't need it, but still, I think it's, he can wear it when he's fighting too. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how often uh, Chadwick Boseman wore his mask in Black Panther. I think he he wore it for a bit, and then... sort of went off to the side. I just think they want the... they get their pay and the money for all these actors, they gotta show their face. Like, how often do you see Thor wearing his helmet? Exactly. Basically never. I think the most he wore it was probably in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. That's about it. Okay, I can understand, like, okay, you want to, you know, you're seeing face or whatever, but... Oh, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Crunch. Imagine the ability standing incredibly still. <laughs> How long have you been standing there? <laughs> Wait for it. Come on. I'm sure I'm invisible. <laughs> <laughs> I really love the drag. Like Dave Bautista's really come out and been a great actor, as, and I think this was probably like I know he's done a few other things besides drags. Like I liked him in I Spy, but I really think he really um, he really latched onto this role of Drax and just ran with it. Absolutely, like you can really see that he's. Like he's having fun with it, and he just he really shines as as Drax. And honestly, like I love all the Guardians of the Galaxy, but like the group, but Drax is my favorite. I absolutely love him. I, he's, he's just the best. Well, you always get kind of weird when some of these guys make the transition from wrestling into movies, or like that goes with that goes with any. Any uh, pop art too, because like for example, if say a singer wants to go from doing music into doing a movie or show or something like that, and they don't always have like the doesn't always translate well over like eh, they not that strong of an actor like or something like that. Like yeah, the uh, wrestling professional wrestling is quite the performance, and you get some guys that are just good in the ring, you get some guys that are good on the mic. And very few of them really transition well over into the other side. Like, John Cena's really gotten there. John Cena was a little flat when he first came out, but now he started getting better with... Uh, I liked him as Peacemaker. Um, I didn't mind him in the first Marine film or first 12 rounds film, but like he started a little rough, so did The Rock, honestly. I'll kind of 
they all sort of start out like uh, just you know it takes time for them to really kind of grow into you know that the actor or whatever that you know grow into it right because it's just it's a different thing it's it's not doing like the sort of the like crowd live you know acting right like it's just it's a little bit different so and i mean like everybody they just they find their footing and this makes me sad. Collector is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he's good. I'm also a Benicio del Toro fan. Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, when it comes to having the wrestlers transition over, you just gotta find the good roles for them to transition into. I think, and usually it's a lot of roles like this because of their size and being action stars. No offense, I know you're a big action fan. Well, it's about, like, sometimes with these action films, even with superhero films, like, it's not like you're looking for an Oscar-worthy performance out of some of these people, you know? So that's why they cast a lot of these guys in it, because, well, they're not asking for a lot. Oh, that's Thanos dead. Okay, we're good. Or is it? Crap. Avengers will return again. didn't kill the collector. That was obviously very, very good reality uh, replacement there. Things, things she could physically touch in assault. This is one of the worst uh, boyfriend feeding the father, beating the father moments in cinema history. Yeah. <laughs> like usually guys joke about when their daughter gets a boyfriend, they'll be out on the porch like uh, polishing their gun. <laughs> Thanos is on the front porch polishing the infinity gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. I could snap this. <laughs> really want to find out what happens.
I forgot about the bubble gun. They should just call that the do anything stone. Yeah. Or call it the Sorcerer's Stone. Who got names taken? <laughs> What's that? Who gets taken? <laughs> Three Harry Potter mentions and one Marvel pod. Half hour into the hour into this podcast, and we've name dropped Harry Potter three times, ta- three different occasions. Yes. Buckle yes. up, folks. Another hour and a half to go. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some more Doctor Who to mention, and I'm sure Jerry's got some Harry Potter to mention. So, you know, it's what you come for. <laughs> well, sorry, I couldn't quite transition how I watched the uh, dark side of the mat on Doink the Clown. I don't know how I can transition that into a Marvel movie. <laughs> He looks almost unrecognizable with the goatee. Like a different person. Well, Team Stark really holds a grudge, don't they? So I wonder why we never got a Betsy Ross in this universe. And they went with Scarlet Witch instead to be the one that calms Hulk down. Or Betty Ross, Betty Ross, my bad. Damn Stanley, you only changed one fucking letter between Betty Ross and Betsy Ross. I wish more people could be holograms. You just push them away and they're gone. Wish I was like that every time I was public. <laughs> so nobody would sit next to me in the theater. I'd feel like three rows around me on all sides with holograms of people in there. <laughs> they're like a 20 foot square radius and around all sides of the movie theater. Or at the airport. Oh, that's me. It really coming at the airport. I always get stuck to those. I get stuck next to the kids that are built. I get stuck to the guys that are built like uh, Spider-Man here, Tom Holland. And they always 
They always had to sit like they need all the room in the world. And meanwhile, my big six foot one, two hundred seventy pound ass is sitting all compact, <laughs> like a sardine in a can. I'm sitting next to somebody the size of Tom Holland. That's all spread out, legs spread, arms out on the arm on the armrest. Like what the fuck, dude? What's wrong with this picture right now? You don't need that much room. You're tiny. Wakanda. I'm yet to see the Wakanda Forever yet. I I've heard mixed things about it. I haven't seen it yet either. I've been wanting to, but it's just one of those things where, oh yeah, I want to see that, and then get distracted by other things. We all know the most badass warrior in all Wakanda is not T'Challa. It's uh, Michonne from The Walking Dead. Bucky. I remember seeing the memes on Facebook when this film came out, and then you open up the case, and it's a Buzz Lightyear arm. Now, do you think this is happening in other universes, too? Is there a Thanos in another universe that's doing this, too?
did you ever see this really old movie, Aliens? This is the stuff that drives me nuts about the Spider-Man. Like, this is stuff that I totally say because I make references like this all the time, but I think I don't know why it drives me nuts in movies. Probably because I'm old and he's calling all these movies old. See, Superman could have done that with his breath, Iron Man. Who would you say is the biggest a-hole in the Avengers? I don't know. I would say it's Iron Man. He's kind of a snarky asshole. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of just... That's it's him, though. Yeah. Just think. Yeah, you can be quite the asshole. But that's just... Kind of who he is. And I think they're trying to make uh, Stark sound like a dick because oh, I'm not going to save you. If it comes between you, the kid, and the stone, I'm going to save him the stone. Do you think Stark reacts that way because he knows that's true? Yeah. I mean, Stark makes the ultimate sacrifice in the, in the second film, but... See, Vision and uh, Doctor Strange make big, bigger sacrifices than this film, I'd say. From what I can remember about it. Oh, that and Gamora. 
watching this and it's just it really feels like a first time watch because it just you know been so long since we watched it so it's just sort of like oh yeah okay slowly remembering things but also it's <laughs> it's you're exactly right like, I, I honestly have not seen it since it was in the theater i bought it on blu-ray but i never watched it when i had it on blu-ray it it's not because I have it, but people who know me know I have a shit ton of Blu-rays and DVDs, so I guess I was just never in that mood to pop it in, you know? I mean, that's it's kind of with some movies. Like, you just kind of, you have to be in a, a certain mood to, to watch it, right? And, uh, it's just one of those ones where it's like, eh, you, know, you kind of watch it when you really feel like watching it. Yeah, like for example, I've bought like I've bought in the last couple of Marvel films that have come out. Like I've bought in Thor: Love and Thunder. I bought uh, I will buy Guardians Three when it comes out. I bought uh, Doctor Strange: and Multiverse of Madness, but just haven't watched them yet because I really haven't been in the mood to watch them. Like you know. Probably because I get so much. Probably because I get so little time at home. These days that I just don't want to waste, or I just throw something on, on YouTube because usually I'm home, I'm running around doing a million things. So I'm not at home doing anything, just hang out with my girls. I'm watching YouTube. You may watch something that you've seen like you know ten thousand times before, right? Like you just you know it, you know your your comfort watch, right? Well, the last time I was home, I watched The Frighteners. That's a Blu-ray I bought. So I sat down and watched that. Michael J. Fox. Peter Jackson film. Probably one of my favorite Peter Jackson films. No, it's sacrilege because he made six movies about Middle Earth. But I like The Frighteners. I've forgotten what happened to Nebula. She just walks off after Guardians 2. Did you honestly think for a second in Guardians 3 they're going to go for a Nebula, um, Nebula uh, Star-Lord romance? Because it's kind of teased in the trailers. It wasn't. It wasn't something. It was uh, expected. I think they just kind of played with it, but I don't think they actually went for it. But hey, see, you just got Doctor Who stuff just waiting for you to make reference to with uh, with Nebula. She could have. 
off to the TARDIS. And... <laughs> I think I saw something recently that they actually changed the appearance of Nebula in the comics to match her now. Maybe uh, Amy Pond wasn't actually human. She's actually a robot. Maybe her father rebuilt her. Yep. Your eyes are the deep shade of black. Stop looking at me! <laughs> I am Groot. Speaks tree. <laughs> so I did like at the end of Guardians 3 where they have Groot say, I love you guys. And I like how our friends Brian and Zachy put it in their review of it, how it's it's giving us a peek into their world because that for once we can understand what Groot is saying. Never fought me twice. I just love Thor's, uh, I don't call it like overconfidence. Yeah, I never noticed the CG on Rocket looks really great.
I don't know why I forgot he call he keeps calling him rabbit. <laughs> Like a mad eye, moody eye. Harry Potter reference number four. It's all Goblet of Fire, too. I do remember finding Peter Dinklage to be being in this role to be quite hilarious. It's like from what I've heard, Peter Dinklage is not one to take roles that are diminutive to little people. I forgot that they all, the dwarves also made the uh, Infinity Gauntlet, too. So it's like a rewatch, just a rewatch all over again. This is a part of the movie where Melissa's getting sucked into it and just watching. So, side, side note, where I think I'm behind you. Like, well, it's too late to start over now. <laughs> yeah, so I, I might be a bit like you're, you're kind of ahead of me on like, oh, something you're seeing, you're ahead of me, so. I'm uh, 
Okay. Well, right now I'm still third. Uh, now I'm finally there. Fucking Canadian Disney Plus, man. I know, it's slow. I hope everybody at home is listening with me, <laughs> skewed up with me, because I keep forgetting about this shit. I'm kind of regretting I should have done like a rewatch or something beforehand so I sort of have a better idea of the movie and I'll just sort of rewatch. <laughs> I, I kind of like enjoying it for the first time. <laughs> it's like watching it for the first time all over again. I kind of like that idea. That's why I kind of took that approach to it. Like, yeah, it's the first time. Let's like watch it for the first time again. Better than watching it and like thinking of a bunch of jokes I want to say and writing them down. So we're getting close to the part where uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, he sees all the 14 million outcomes. Look, we ask and we shall receive. We got Star-Lord in the mask. I don't want another single pop culture reference. <laughs> yeah, you're way behind me now. Yeah, see, I told you. Well, we'll blame this on Canadian Twitter, but we got, we're got we already on our RFM. we got to keep going. Yep. Well, from now on, this is Melissa in the past and Jared in the future. Yeah. I'm not from Earth, I'm from Missouri. Even though Thor is not around, he's still talking. Peter Quill's still talking shit about him. Thank you. 
kick names, take hits. So I do love this uh, image here of Doctor Strange looking at all the universes, or looking at every uh, every possibility or alternate futures. Proper term. Fourteen million. They win one. Um, excuse me, Melissa. It's fourteen million six hundred and five. Get over yourself. <laughs> I'm not counting. Push my glasses up. Excuse me. Excuse me. So when uh, you saw when you saw the red skull in the theaters, were you excited as with the possibility of Hugo weaving again? So I did like Hugo Weaving's uh, Red Skull, and I was kind of sad to find out that wasn't him in the film. Yeah, I was hoping for that, but yeah, because I I really enjoyed his his portrayal of Red Skull. Good, but yeah, it's kind of sad it wasn't him. Ross Marquand is a good imitator. He's known for good doing good imitations, or or he does micro imitations of people. To make to do a good job with the makeup to make him look just like how Hugo Weaving looked in 2011. God, Captain America was 2011. 
it was only, you know, a couple of years ago. Not, not too far. Yeah, the thing with Marvel is they do a lot of fucking with the timeline in this and their movies. Going back to save Gamora, and then uh, Steve going back and doing his thing, and then well, like a Deadpool two, all the fucking with the timeline he does. Like going back and saving Vanessa just kind of makes it a waste of a movie. Hasn't Back to the Future taught us anything? You don't fuck with the timeline. <laughs> people don't listen. Did they ever explain why uh, Red Skull's the one to, de- to defend the Soul Stone? Oh. So I just thought he was all Team Hydra and, and Nazis, so... They didn't even hint at any of the stones in the first Captain America, did they? No, they didn't. So I thought the first mention of stones was either First Guardians or Avengers, first Avengers film. I I feel like it was it was Guardians. Well, when did the first Guardians come out? Uh, The first Avengers was 2012. I want to say First Guardians is like 2014, 2013, or 2014. 2014. Yeah, so I think the first mention of the stones has to be uh, Avengers. 
reason I don't remember that, but... Well, wasn't it Logan's death all time? That's how, uh... Which Skarsgård? Uh, Kellen Skarsgård? That's how he's turned evil at the beginning of the first, first Avengers film? Because if I'm not mistaken, was that the Mind Stone? Yes. Where you get all these stones correct? So we got the Mind Stone, the Power Stone, the Reality Stone, Soul Stone, the Power Stone. Which one am I missing here? There's six of them in there. Or is there always the five? So weird seeing Sebastian stand with long hair. Excuse me.
Well, I do remember most of the last battle taking place in Wakanda. Just like seeing this now, I think, like, oh yeah, definitely remember this. Well, if you listen to our new theme song for the show, you know a part of it's lifted from this movie. You should have aimed for the head. Yep. One of the most badass lines, I think, in all these movies is you should have aimed for the head. I love it as like a, a last insult. I really love the journey that Thor goes on in these two movies. With the Hulkbuster suit. A Hulkbuster suit. <laughs> I remember uh, friend Jenny and I, you know, joking. I was like, um, uh, almost like a fat Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, if all the things I didn't like about Endgame, Smart Hulk really, or Professor Hulk really just took me out of it because spoilers if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame with Tony Stark's funeral seeing Smart Hulk just standing there just took me out of the whole scene yeah, I agree on that one it just I don't think it really worked just looked goofy is what it did yeah absolutely and you know, the Hulk really did not work for me at all in the last film. It's like, Hulk, no like stairs. Like, that shit just kind of bugged me the whole time. Yeah. 
what they what they kind of turned him into just really wasn't just no. Because he's such a badass in the first Avengers film with the puny human or puny god. Yeah. And then he just kind of goes lame and... Well, he's turned into a joke. Yeah. It almost, almost like they didn't know really what to do with him. Well, I haven't seen She-Hulk yet, but I heard that's more comical, too. But from what I hear, She-Hulk is more comical, more humorous, and, like, fourth wall breaking. I think I've heard she broke the fourth wall in the comics before Deadpool did. Because Deadpool wasn't a comical character when he debuted in the comics. Well, we've seen Black Panther in his full costume more than we've seen Steve Rogers in his full costume in this film. Show his face. You call that a beard. <laughs> Gotta show off his pretty new goatee beard. He looks so rugged. Captain America's so rugged with that beard. Oh, <laughs> uh, only. Only certain people can rock a beard, and I don't think Chris Evans can. Well, it looks good in it, but it just looks weird for Cat. Uh, I don't. I just. I. I don't. I don't like the beard on him. Oh. Besides the point, I guess. <laughs> it's his face. <laughs> I was wondering the whole time during this film where Ant-Man was and I didn't see Ant-Man and the Wasp until 
right before I saw Quantum Mania. So like, oh yeah, he's inside the microverse this whole time. When the snap happens. I mean, Thor is a god that shouldn't have been too powerful for him. Take the full force of the star. Oh, I forgot. Groot supplies the handle for the Stormbreaker. I completely forgot. Speaking of things I completely forgot. But I do remember Thor showing up like a total badass, though, once he gets Stormbreaker. So what do you think the other Avengers' reactions are when they see Thor show up with a talking raccoon and a talking tree? Probably a little bit, well, there's a kind of a what the fuck, but... Well, in the world of superheroes, is that really outside the realm of possibility anymore? No. No, they really, like, wouldn't really think anything of it. Oh, that's new. <laughs> Even the trees talk in this universe.
And we're starting to get into the point now where we're starting to wind down. And uh, so this was quite controversial. This one came out. Is the outcome Star-Lord's fault? Because it seems Star-Lord gets the blame for the snap. Yeah, they really put the blame on him for that. And I don't think so. Well, is it Dana? Is it, is it Star Lord for preventing them from taking the gauntlet off, or is it Thor not giving him a kill shot? Like Thor easily could just cut his hand off. Oh yeah, could have, but he didn't. So. I don't think it's it's really fair to put all the blame on, on Star-Lord. This is not... Like, they all have the goal of killing Thanos, and it's not just, like, one person. But you can't really put the blame all on him. Group effort? effort. Yeah. Should just had the cloak go around his head, blind him. Oh. The uh, this is the the blanket of death after all. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, blanket of death. <laughs> I mean, the thing, like, you know, wraps around the gauntlet, but... Do much in there. Where's Mantis in all this? Like, shoot. Now that they got him tied down, wouldn't it be more useful for her to come up behind him and put him to sleep? Yeah. Which I think she's trying to do right now, but never mind. I'm stupid. I haven't seen this movie in like six years. Ah, forgive you. She was able to put a Celestial to sleep. Like She should be able to put a Thanos to sleep. All she needs to say is just sleep.
We almost got this off. They haven't made any progress on pulling the damn thing off in 10 minutes. I don't know, I should just didn't put him to sleep. Okay, they've been tugging on that together for five, ten minutes, but Spider-Man almost got it by himself when Stark let go. Seems like if one wants to pass blame on the situation, it's like you had all that time to get get the gauntlet off of Thanos. And they actually showed more progress as soon as Stark let go to take care of Star-Lord. Spider-Man got more of that gauntlet off by himself than having Stark help him. Have you caught up to that when they're trying to get the gauntlet off? I mean, they're able to sniff out these infinity stones like mother boxes.
Plus side. Elizabeth Olsen's butt looks good in those leather pants. It's the little things. And Bruce Banner is absolutely worthless in this film, too. I forgot he has him fighting with himself or fighting with Hulk the whole film. Hulk got his butt kicked once and he's too afraid to come out and play. Just wondering, where is Hawkeye during this movie? I don't know. Not there. So now he's in the. Now he's in part two. Because it's him and uh, him and uh, Black Widow are deciding he's going to sacrifice himself for the uh, Soul Stone when they go back in time. Which I so here's the thing about um, Black Widow sacrificing herself for the Soul Stone in the sequel here yeah. is it maybe not care about the Black Widow movie that came out. Like, showing her in all this peril. Like, well, we know she lives or die in the future, so it's not this, why bother showing something happening to her? Exactly. 
that's kind of sometimes problem with that. It's like, yeah, you've when you're you're kind of going backwards, and it's just, oh, she, you know, characters in danger. Well, we know that, you know, they're gonna live or whatever. So why it's yeah, it really makes you not care. All that for a drop of blood. <laughs> You know, the, the moment when, like, Thanos and, like, Iron Man, Tony Stark comes and, oh, um, Thanos knows who he is. It just reminds me of Doctor Who. Because, <laughs> you know, I need to put a Doctor Who reference in here somewhere. <laughs> well, that's what he's saying in the, in the endgame. I don't even know who you are. Yeah. And after um, you have the, the uh, character Harriet Jones, MP, and everybody seems to know who, who she is, even the Daleks. And she, she introduces herself, and, and they're like, we know who you are. This <laughs> is sort of that, that previous moment just sort of reminds me of that. <laughs> Yes, I know you. <laughs> so I wonder what gave it away that Thanos knew that the stone was a fake. Because he's able to touch it without getting burnt like his henchmen. Yeah. Oh, so there is six stones.
Here we go, getting down to the nitty gritty here. I just think when I hear uh, when I hear uh, Bruce Banner say this to Captain America, Cap, that's him. If I'm Captain America, like first thought in my head is like, no shit, Sherlock. Twelve foot tall purple dude wearing wearing the gauntlet. I kind of figure that's him. Somebody else, but I don't think so. Sorry, I thought that was Mr. Munch from uh, Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> well, they really could have ramped up the humor in the in these films that they had Deadpool in them. So funny. I was really got me down about Deadpool 2 with Josh Brolin as Cable as they threw so many Thanos jokes in there and Green Lantern jokes. We didn't get a single Jonah Hex joke. Because Josh Brolin's been in the DC Universe too. Yeah. Not a single Jonah Hex joke. But truth be told, for Deadpool 3... I'm a little over the Green Lantern jokes now. We get it. It wasn't a very good movie, but I still kind of like it because I like the Green Lantern. I mean, enough to tattoo a symbol on my hand. (laughs) I actually watched that movie, the Green Lantern one, and she really enjoyed it. I really think going with Parallax for the first, the villain of the first Green Lantern film is odd choice. Like the obvious has to be Sinestro, but you still have to set up the universe at the same time too, you know. But you got to do a little world building for Oa and um, not Central City, uh, Coast City. Yeah. You got to build up the Guardians and Hal Jordan and all that, but and Sinestro. But I really think uh, yeah, Parallax was definitely a unique way to go for the first Green Lantern film. Punch. <laughs> Probably still way behind, so. Yeah, that's what makes it fun.
you can recap the things I missed. Yeah. Uh, okay, now this is filling in some blanks for me now. So Scarlet Witch just destroyed the stone that's in uh, Vision's head. Like, I'm thinking to myself, because I haven't seen it since the theater. I'm like, wait a minute. How did, how did Thanos get the stone if she destroyed it? Oh, duh. Thanos has a time stone. <laughs> Well, at this point, they should just made this a Thor movie. Thor, because these Thor is doing the most damage to Thanos. Yeah. Oh, here we come. You should have... You should have aimed, gone for the head. Snap. So badass. Now, if it were me, I would have ended the film while he's talking to uh, young Gamora. And just leave it up to our imagination for a year what happens to everybody when he snaps his fingers. I think that would have created such good buzz. Like that, that perfect ending, and then that, like you said, just having that imagination of, like, okay, what exactly happened? Uh, you're just really left wondering and pondering it. 
I mean, maybe your post-credits scene could be them looking around and seeing, like, not as many people there. But that's just me. I don't make movies. Do I? What do we know? <laughs> you know, I've never been a fan of them calling it the blip either. I said that was the weirdest name for it, the blip. Another one bites the dust. <laughs> or dust in the wind. <laughs> Got jokes. I wonder what the deciding force is on who who dies and who doesn't. Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Why? <laughs> The second time I started laughing in the theater, I got looked at weird. <laughs> I got looked like I was a monster. And then there was me. Yes! <laughs> bye! Okay, bye! Okay, bye! Bye! I really think the perfect ending would have been have it end on uh, him talking to young Gamora after he snaps. I, I really agree on that. I think that would have been perfect. Is it just you, you, leaving that, that wonder and and sort of maybe like forming your own idea of what could have happened and then next movie Open up with everybody blipping away. Yeah. And blipping away sounds so stupid. Mm-hmm. Should just call it the snap. Yeah. And so anything post endgame kinda slips my mind, but wouldn't be mo- you think most people would be like super pissed at all these heroes after this? Because they lost loved one. I know they. I know they bring it up a little bit in uh, Multiverse of Madness. How one of uh, Doctor Strange's coworkers lost his cat, which I can relate. I would be upset. That pissed me off too. You know. But fuck those guys. Cause I love my cats more than I love most people. <laughs> but 
Uh, you think most more of the comic public would turn on the heroes after that? Yeah. I think I always thought, spoilers in my thoughts for Endgame, I always thought the time travel was kind of a cheat to uh, resolve everything from this. And I have reached the end of Avengers Infinity War. Melissa's almost there. <laughs> Get there. Be there in a minute. It's that damn metric system, I'm telling you. Metric's better than Imperial, just saying. Well, if you had mine, you'd be done by now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shut up. If you're Imperial, you'd be done by now. <laughs> Oh, no. We're watching on the same streaming service. There. So, Melissa, why we killed time waiting for the uh, post credit scene? Final thoughts on uh, Avengers Infinity War. Was it as good as you remember it? Absolutely. Just as good as, as as I remember it. And I remember, you know, it's like seeing it in the theater and just having a really good time with it. And um, yeah, I really just absolutely enjoying the crap out of it, really. And you know, having moments of, you know, because it was still around the time when, you know, I I really loved Iron Man, and you know, when he gets stabbed, I was like. <gasps> I just panicked, but I'm like, no! And, <laughs> and that's how I reacted to it. I was like, no! And then, okay, it's all fine, whatever. But <laughs> some little kid's like, that's what you get for laughing at Spider-Man. Yeah, really? <laughs> Laugh at Spider-Man, we're going to stab Iron Man. <laughs> Where was Sean Gunn in this movie? I don't remember seeing Craglin at all in this movie. It showed Sean Gunn the credits, but I don't remember seeing Craglin at all. Yeah, this movie is just... It's a really good... Um, good story, and you know, all your, your characters coming together, and... You know, uh, I just love how you, you do get all those characters. Like, you, know, you know, Doctor Strange and the Guardians of the Galaxy and, um, you know, just everybody coming together. And you know, I just love that. So, but yeah, it's it's just as good as, as when I saw it for the first time. So, what, what about you? Oh, as much as I've been bragging on it, it is still a good movie. Um, for not having seen it since the theater, I'm actually shocked how much I forgot about it and how much I did remember about it. Yeah. Like, for example, forgetting that Groot provides the the handle for uh, Stormbreaker. 
but having seen some of the other films in the timeline since that, it does fill in the gap more like Thor not having an eye. I don't know. I think some of these team-up films, I think Marvel has the wrong focus. Like, I never thought that Captain America, like, for example, I never thought that Captain America 3 should have been Civil War. I think that should have been a Mar- uh, it should have been an Avengers movie. Yeah. Um, it was more Avengers than actual, like, Captain America. Yeah. And plus, they only had, what, 13 people in that, in that fight when it... In the actual Civil War in the comics, it is the entire Marvel Universe. Um, yeah, but it's still a good film. Um, like I said, I still think having the ending I pitched, I think would have been a better, like a strong ending. It's actually a segment we could do sometime. Whenever we do talk about a movie, is like have a little segment, like a Monday morning quarterback. You ever heard the armchair quarterback type of thing, or the Monday morning quarterback thing, where say so you sat and watched a game, and then the you give your th- your your uneducated thoughts on it. <laughs> well, I would have done it like this, sitting on my couch watching from home. You know, I've thought about that too, though, because there, there's been a few movies where I've thought. You know what? That would have that moment right there, you know, would have made a really good ending. But then it's added something else, which I mean is fine. Like then, you know, wouldn't that be anything wrong with it? But just having that moment of like that, that right there would have been a perfect ending. You know, and especially I, I quite like that that you know him like Thanos talking to a young Gamora and having that conversation and sort of ending it there, I think that would have been perfect. Because then like we kept kept saying, like it gives you that imagination, that thinking of, okay, well, how did things happen? Like how you know, what happened? And really thinking and stewing on it. And then finally, you know, the next movie going into giving you basically that explanation of what exactly happened, I think would have worked you know, really well to sort of connect the two together. Well, I'm sure I'm Disney, sure. And I'm sure Feige and everybody else at Marvel knew that people were going to, were buying their tickets for Endgame as soon as they walked out of the theater of Infinity War. Yeah. But I think it would have been, it's like, it's a line of thought you get from horror films. It's like, for example, John Carpenter is a thing. You don't get to see the true form of the alien because what your mind can imagine is so much better. You know, you can, your mind can imagine, can think up something. Like, you see that in a lot of horror movies, too. Like, you don't see what the creature actually looks like. You don't see some of these kills because your imagination can drum up something more horrifying. If you just show him snapping and then talking to young Gamora and end it there... You're left think was it a year, one year or two years in between films? One year? Maybe one year. Yeah, so you, you'd have people like debating all online for like a year, like, oh, what, what, what do you think happened? Because they talk about what he wants to do. He wants to wipe out half the population, you know. And it's just that thought of well, what, what would he have done to do that, right? 
But, you know, overall, anyway, it's still still a good movie. It deserves all the acclaim it gets. Like I said, I, I kind of lost my taste for Marvel before this film came out. Um, I still enjoy Marvel films, and there's a lot of I enjoyed before this film came out. There's some I enjoyed after this came out, but I... I've said it once, I've said it before, I've, I've really kind of lost my thrill for Marvel, Age of Ultron. That was like Age of Ultron and kind of in around the Age of Ultron and Iron Man 3 was sort of my like thing, because those two just weren't, they didn't. They really weren't the greatest, and yeah, I, I've kind of not really had you know really much enthusiasm for for Marvel films recently. Like it's just sort of eh, like it. it well, it, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter which universe it is anymore. It's yeah. Much as I love this, as much as I love this big universe, expanded universe, a lot of these comic properties are going with. It's becoming like with all these shows Marvel has now. Yeah. It's becoming such a headache to keep up with everything. I agree. Like there's just been so much, and that it's just you kind of just have like overwhelm of like okay this way too much stuff and you just don't want to you know you don't want to step on it because there's just so much to to watch or so much to know or whatever and it's just no like that's kind of where i'm at like i'm just no i'm not really bothering with that because it's just i've already got like a bunch of shows i've been watching recently so and that's enough well, it's <laughs> what they say in real fans like it's an embarrassment of riches now because like yeah, yeah for the longest time we didn't have this much now we have so much it's so hard to keep up with oh absolutely like i'm, I'm like that with with regular comics okay now we get the post credit scene here that's samuel L. jackson Nick Fury and Robin from How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> See, now this post credits would have been good if you showed, if you ended with Thanos talking to the young Gamora. That car whipping out of control. And then the car being empty when they go up to check on it. And they ruined it by showing her fading away. And in all the years he's been playing Nick Fury, how come he didn't get to say motherfucker once? It's... <laughs> PG-13, you're allowed to warm up. Yes. Maybe they're going to try to work Nick Fury into, uh, <laughs> into a Deadpool 3 so he can get one motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the tease of Captain Cardboard at the end of that one. Uh, 
Post credit scene started off strong, but then it ended in disappointment. Thanos will return. And that is the end of Marvel Infinity War. I had to go and ruin it by showing Captain Marvel's logo. Character is as worthless as tits on a bowl. <laughs> but I think if they would have, we've said like ten times in the last five minutes, if they would have ended it with him talking to Young Gamora, I think that would be a better post credit scene, like just showing the aftermath and the post credit scene, but not showing exactly what's happening. Yeah, like showing a little bit, but like sort of the aftermath of it, but then fully explaining it next movie. Yeah, I think that would have been good. But we're not the one who's making the movies or made them, so what do we know, right? We're just the ones we're paying for them. Yep. But uh, going back to the thought I started before the post credit scene came up, as I'm, uh, with there just being so much to keep up with, I'm like that with actual comics now, too. I'm getting to the point now when I go to my comic shop, I'm getting – I'm not getting, like – the main titles like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, because there's so many overarching stories. How I, when I open a book, I don't want to be, oh, you need to read this, 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 and this for this to make sense. I'm like, fuck. So I'll get like quick uh, side issue, like a uh, six issue standalone arcs. Like I just don't have the time or the money to be reading all these side stories that keep up with the main story. That's kind of like what it is with all these uh, comic book, uh, comic movies, Star Wars, all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's great to have it all because we had nothing for the longest time, but now it's just so much you can't keep keep up with all of it. Like I said. Before the Flash was one of my favorite comic shows on television, and I'm good two seasons behind on it now. You know, you know, of all people, who's caught up now? Your mom. Yeah, she's all caught up. I think I remember you saying that before uh, another episode. But like, well, I guess she's caught up on Doom Patrol. Yep, she's caught up on Doom Patrol. She recently just finished all of The Flash. Like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> You're getting, uh, well, Jared, you spend a lot of time at airports. So why don't you spend time watching this? Because don't tell me what to do. That's why. <laughs> exactly. The last show I made time for was Mayhem. Because I knew we were going to talk about it, so I had made time for it. Yeah. But yeah. Like I think I made the joke when I went to go see uh, um, Multiverse of Madness. It's like, oh, you need to watch Doctor Strange. You need to watch What If. You need to watch WandaVision. You need to watch Spider-Man No Way Home. Is that the last one? No Way Home or Far From yes. Home? No Way Home. You need to watch all this stuff before you watch Multiverse of Madness. And I sat there and I watched Multiverse of Madness. I'm like, yeah, you can get away with just watching WandaVision in the first Doctor Strange film. 
like there's a few teases to what if, but I knew I did, even though I'd never finished what if I knew enough about the what if series to put the pieces together. See, I didn't, I've not even dived into the, the what if ones. Me not me either, but I, I am curious because like, like what if T'Challa was star Lord, which I think Howard, the duck makes a cameo on that one. I know. I think episode one was what if uh, agent Carter took the super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. Which that's really the only tease they have to what if in all of Doctor Strange. But I really think, like, say, if you go and watch, it's like I just don't want to get to a point now where I have to watch six movies and twelve television shows before I go watch the next movie. Like, do I, got, I really? I does I really have to go watch all the other movies that took place before Thor Love and Thunder to watch it? No, I just need to watch the first three Thor movies. Exactly. It's all you need to watch. I mean, even... Hell, you can just watch it just to watch it. You know, like, just... It's a movie. Enjoy it for what it is. And I, yeah. I gotta admit, like, see, I was lost when I was first watched this film for the first time in theaters. Like, why does Thor only have one eye? Yeah. A little shame on me for not watching Ragnarok first. Yeah. Yeah. Melissa, four years of podcasting. Yes, four years. And to make things even weirder, this is episode 96. Wow. We are getting so close. So close to that hundred. Wow. It's it's so I mean it, like every year we're always just you know mind blown, but it's just you know how crazy it is that just how time has flown so fast and it really doesn't feel like it. You know? But you know, you have nerdy good nerdy conversation and time flies, so it it takes the pain away from your boring adult life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as much as I make fun of Spider-Man in, the, in this universe, I am very much like this Spider-Man. Hey, remember this movie? It reminds me of this movie, this. It reminds me of this. It reminds me of this. Yeah. Sadly, me too. <laughs> There's a reference to be made. There will be made. (laughs) All day, every day for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're... I mean, I I make references to shit, but you're you're more often than than not. (laughs) I often (laughs) bring it up at inappropriate times, too. Like, when I got switches on my lip ten years ago, the doctor shined a light right in my face. I said, I'm kind of like like a mogwai. He goes, what's a mogwai? (laughs) Oh, Gizmo from Gremlins. He started laughing with the needle right in my eye, close to my eye. Dude, move that needle. <laughs> I'm already losing a chunk of my lip. Now I'm going to lose an eye. <laughs> yeah. I'm always, whenever it's like, you know, really sunny outside and you're like, you know, inside or wherever you go outside. And I was like, I'm always like, bright light, bright light. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of another show I haven't watched yet, Secrets of the Mogwai. Oh yeah, I haven't watched it either. So 
<laughs> no. We have to say goodbye for now and go back to our nerdy lives. Yeah. Maybe by the time we record again, I'll have... So, let's tell you a quick story, Melissa. I know a few months back, was it February, we did our episode of our nerdy catch-up episode? Yes. I know I've told you off-air that uh, I bought the Michelangelo mummy action figure. So, those of you who don't know, NECA is doing a line of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Universal Monster crossover figures. <laughs> So back in February, I told Melissa I bought the Michelangelo mummy, and I told myself at the store, I, I cannot buy this because I'm going to want to have collect them all. Mm-hmm. As of Saturday, Melissa, of the eight figures that are due to be released, I now own seven of them. I was just going to say, you own seven of eight. <laughs> number eight, number eight, has, eight, not, has, number eight has, has not been announced yet, but I'm taking guesses, and I'm willing to bet it's going to be Shredder as Dracula. I just recently purchased Casey Jones as the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> and kids, trust me, save your target red card points because I was able to get it for 20 bucks. Nice. Brand new. I'm gonna need a big house when I move to Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've bought so much shit since I've gotten this promotion. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need all this, all the space, all the shelves, all the everything. I probably have the world's largest Elsa collection for a straight male that has no children. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a second Elsa tattoo in July. Oh, cool. People are like, wait, second Elsa tattoo? It's <laughs> me. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so funny story about my, my Elsa obsession. Um, uh, a few months ago, and I was, I was probably a month or two ago, and I was down here in Arkansas, and I was on the elevator getting ready to go to work, and I had my Frozen 2 lunchbox with me. <laughs> and the guy, I was on an elevator with the other, another guy, and he goes, hey, I like your lunchbox. I got daughters, too. I don't have daughters, bro. <laughs> this, this is just my lunchbox, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I just fine. <laughs> I just said thanks. <laughs> Usually, people say, "Is that a frozen lunchbox?" I go, "No, it's a frozen two lunchbox." You uncultured swine! Look at Elsa's hair; it's different. <laughs> it's down, and she's in a white dress. It's Elsa. It's frozen two. I should have gotten the matching backpack to carry my harness on the airplane, though. Any hooters. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers to four years. Cheers. (laughs) Dory, I'm drinking Liquid Death uh, Armless Palmer tea now, so no more adult beverages because it's almost bedtime. Almost we made it four years and we made it through the snap that started it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'll do in game or not though. <laughs> no, 
I do like fans. Like oh, Melissa, where can our listeners keep up with you if they choose to? Uh, they can keep up with me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at Melissa, Miss Melissa N25. It's all lowercase, nothing fancy. Um, and on Twitter, I'm uh, at uh, melmel underscore n. Um, and anyone and yeah, it's basically all just random shenanigans on both of those platforms. So if you want to follow me there, you can follow me there. And where can they find you, Jared? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. Um, I've been doing what you and Guy have been calling Indiana Jonesing lately. I've been taking a lot of hikes while I'm down here in the mountains. So, uh, other than that, you see all the pictures of the nerdy, goofy shit that I buy <laughs> with my money that I waste ever since I got this promotion. <laughs> Um, you can also follow me on Letterboxd at QC Mr. J. Uh, that's where you find. It's the only spot on the internet you'll find a five-star review of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna lay that claim to fame till the day I die. Remember that one guy that gave Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, five stars. <laughs> well, I hope that director calls me and gives me a cameo. I'll play Evil Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> That's my reward for giving it a five-star review. <laughs> <laughs> as a podcast as a whole, you can keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nerd Night Nations Podcast. And don't forget to send us an email at nerdnightnationspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to keep listening to us as a podcast, um, you can find us on our home at Podbean. You can also find us on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podchaser, uh, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And on any one of those platforms, uh, be sure to leave a rating and a review because we really appreciate it. And it also helps us be a little bit more noticed within the podcast community. Because we're attention whores, god damn it. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I'm proud of you. I could tell you did that all off the top of your head. I did. I'm so proud of you. It took you 96 episodes. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and by episode 100, I'm going to add another uh, platform. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start listing off the platforms we're not on. Yeah. We're not on this one, and this one, and this one, and this one. <laughs> but stay tuned to those podcast feeds, because we will be back soon as we creep ever closer to episode 100. Dun, dun, dun. We didn't even plan that. <laughs> <laughs> My improv skills are rubbing off on Melissa. Apparently. So... <laughs> For Melissa, I'm Jared. This has been the fourth anniversary of Nerd Night Nations podcast. And on behalf of Melissa, we just want to thank you all for joining us on this nerdy journey for the last four years. And all of our listeners, our family and friends that have supported us, and of course, our podcasting family that have been there for us 
since we started and have always been happy to have us on their shows or come on our shows. I would list you all off right now, but I'd feel horrible if I forgot one when I'm listening off the top of my head, but you guys know who you are. You guys are our podcasting family. We love you. And uh, just remember, should have gone for the head. Thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. This audio is made with Audio Toolkit for Windows Store. Downloaded for free now.